So let's say you're the host of a show called Startup. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> and this episode of Startup, let's just imagine, you've gotten to a point in the, in the, in the series where it's now time to tell your audience, you know, the reason you've been building this company in the first place is to, is to launch new shows like the one that you guys are going to create. How, how would you set that up to this hypothetical audience of this hypothetical show? Well, I mean, I, I imagine if I, I – can I put myself in Alex Bloomberg's shoes? Sure. I'm going to try and do it like you would do it. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I hope this doesn't come off as insulting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it's like, it's like for the last seven episodes, I've been talking to you about how we've been raising funds and we finally got a, ha- a million and a half dollars. And it's really exciting to finally get onto the business of doing what we've wanted to do in the first place, which is make great radio. But we can't do that on our own. We need to hire people. So I needed to find people whose work I admired who were interested in trying something different. And I stumbled upon these two knuckleheads who were making this ty- this little show that had found a small but devoted audience at WNYC. And I thought that they could reach a much bigger audience with us. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. And then you go to us for a second and then you go to Nas being like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> From Gimlet Media, I'm Alex Bloomberg. You're listening to the very non-hypothetical podcast, Startup, and those two knuckleheads you just heard from are PJ Vogt and Alex Goldman. They used to host a show about the internet called TLDR for the public radio station WNYC. Now, they host a show about the internet for Gimlet Media called Reply All. My wife, Nazneen, by the way, thinks it was a great idea to hire them. For those keeping score at home, you're listening to episode 8 how far we've come, have we not, people? It feels like only yesterday. I was alone, no money in the bank, flubbing my pitch to world-famous investors like Chris Saka. If I were calling an Uber right now, and it said, it's going to be here in two minutes, and that was all the time you had, uh-huh. what are you doing? So I'm making a network of digital podcasts uh, that we will monitor, that, that, will, that, will, that is going to meet. <laughs> Sorry. But over time, I brought on a co-founder, Matt Lieber, started attracting investors, and then, last episode, we attempted something pretty new. We went out to raise the last couple hundred thousand dollars of investment from you, our listeners. We opened up investment and our company to the public through this site called AlphaWorks. The CEO there, Erin Glenn, made her pitch on our show, a pitch that was frankly worse than mine. I would tell someone, like, this isn't your safe bet investment. It's going to make sure you're secure for retirement or your kid's college education is paid for. Invest that somewhere else. We're editing that out. (laughs) Anyway, despite the winning, something pretty amazing happened. We raised over $200,000 in roughly two hours. Sort of insane. Thanks to everyone who invested, and apologies to everyone who wanted to invest but didn't make it in in time or wasn't able to because of SEC rules. So now we have all the money we need, and it is time to start spending it. Today on the show, a couple of people were spending it on, and it is a very special episode of Startup because today we'll be previewing for the very first time the first new show from Gimlet Media with our brand new hosts, PJ and Alex. That'll be in the second half, but first, How exactly do fledgling podcast entrepreneurs like Matt and I recruit hot young podcast talent? It was new for all of us. So here's how it started. A little over a month ago, late September, Matt and I met PJ and Alex at a bar in New York City. (sighs) Very, uh, Very exciting day for us. 
Now, I'd been listening to PJ and Alex's old show, TLDR, for many months, and I loved it. It was about the internet and technology, but it wasn't a tech show. It was fresh, exciting, human. They had this one episode where they found a guy, a normal guy in 2014, who had never been on the internet, and they interviewed him about that. It was this really amazing interview. This guy was this huge Oakland Raiders football fan, and so what they did at the very end of the episode, they gave him his first ever internet experience, They got him in the studio and showed him the last two minutes of the Raiders' 1983 Super Bowl victory on YouTube. It was magic, and it's a great episode. You can still check it out at WNYC's website, TLDR. But hiring people for my own business was a totally new experience. And here's how I thought about it. I could either pay a lot of money and hire, I don't know, like a superstar, and essentially buy everything that comes with that superstar, audience, following, whatever, Or I could take a big risk and hire someone I hoped would eventually become a superstar. PJ and Alex, they were somewhere in between. They had this following, they had this great chemistry together, and they had a lot more potential to grow. And that felt good. PJ and Alex were intrigued by the idea of coming and working with us. But they did have the sweet gig. You know, their own show at WNYC, one of the most innovative and popular public radio stations in the country. They had full-time salaries, benefits, stability. A couple of days before this meeting at the bar, we'd actually sent them an offer. You know, on the one hand, the salary and benefits we were able to offer them were less than what they were making at WNYC. But we were offering a revenue share, a percentage of the profits from their show. So if their show was a hit, they had the potential to make a lot more money. Alex, in particular, found this idea appealing. But then, you know, when he got that term sheet from us earlier in the week, it had suddenly gotten very real for him. Since I'm incapable of feeling joy, I've had, like, an anxiety stomach ache for the past five days. You had three hours where you felt good. When, did, when were those three hours? When you got the email saying there was an offer, I feel like you were happy for a little bit. Yeah, okay. Like, one of the things that, like, when I was talking to Nazneen about coming out here tonight, she was like, I'm really worried that they're, like, going to say no. I mean... We have about, we, I have a list in my pocket of questions. Okay. And that list is not short, as you can see. Uh-huh. But, um, but we're not here to say no, definitely. Alex pulled out his list and started going through it. What does our editorial and managerial relationship look like? Are you guys our bosses? How many ad spots do we need for the numbers to work? What's the CPM rate you're locking down? Went on for a while. What's your money for web, ongoing web support? Money for a logo, money for Chartbeat, money for a new Breakmaster Cylinder theme? Most of the items on this list were easy to resolve. Matt and I had come up with a rough budget for what their show would cost for a year. The budget decisions were going to be made jointly by PJ and Alex and us. But there was one question that was a bit tougher to come to a resolution on. It's a question around stability. PJ and Alex were in a union at WNYC had a level of job security that was really attractive, especially to Alex, who has a baby on the way. I'm wondering if there's, like, if you guys have, like, a term that you're willing to commit to to keep, like, if six months down the line things don't seem like they're working out, uh, are you guys just, like, going to bail? Is there a way that we can get, like, a commitment of 18 months in terms of uh, keeping us employed in case there are problems or anything like that? Does that make sense? Like just a term 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 commitment from you guys so that we can, so that we know that we're safe because I am about to have a young boy. (laughs) An employment guarantee, though, that was something we just can't give because security is the one thing we don't actually possess. You know, we can offer the promise of greater upside, 
But security? Matt and I don't even have that ourselves. Both Matt and I have a vesting period in this company, meaning we don't actually get our full stock allocation until after four years of running the business. And since I own the majority of the company, I could technically fire Matt at any time in our first year, and he'd get nothing. Matt explained that to PJ and Alex. And I would have like basically no recourse. I would walk away with nothing. Um, I haven't been paid a dollar by the company, and I don't own anything of the company. Um, I think that would look really bad. Like, that would look really bad. Like, Alex would have a hard time finding another partner if he didn't have a good explanation for why he did that. Um, but, but all this to say, like, this is, these are the reasons that we would, this, these are the reasons that that's like a, like a, a complicated ask. It is ultimately always a leap of faith. To fully appreciate, though, the decision that PJ and Alex were trying to make, it helps to know a little bit about the Gimlet Media World Headquarters downtown Brooklyn. We're walking along busy Flatbush Avenue. And we're about to come to my office. Your office that I've never seen before. This is the sound of me showing the space to my wife, Nazanin, for the first time. Matt and I had just signed on to rent the space, almost exactly around the time we were meeting PJ and Alex in that bar to go over the list of questions, trying to reassure them that coming to work for us wasn't insane. Our office space, we knew, wasn't going to help us make that case. Here we are. This is the door. Okay. Looks like a place you'd get murdered. (laughs) So let me just paint the scene here. It's a dusty, poorly lit corridor lined on either side with all sorts of, I don't know how do I put this, junk. An old set decoration from a play, weird bits of broken furniture, crazy thrift store oil paintings, and a broken boardwalk scale. And in the back of the corridor, one of those elevators with a door you have to open yourself. So this... This is, is this an elevator? This is an elevator, yeah. Nazneen and I get in and push five. So this is so this is our floor. Hi, how you doing? So this is your future. This is our future home. Your future home. It's a big open floor, huge windows on either side, high industrial ceilings, and tons and tons of old used furniture. There's a corner where a bunch of mismatched office chairs, some with wheels, others of folding metal, are pushed together in a big jumble, like pigs in a pen. Tables of all different sizes and styles have been arranged along one wall in regular intervals, library reading room style. Al, the landlord, rents seats at these tables to artists and filmmakers and small startups like ours. 300 bucks per seat, three seats per table. It's a steal in New York City, insanely expensive anywhere else in the country. We're claiming three whole tables for now. I show Nazneen where the space will be. I think basically from this table right here, uh-huh. Down to down to the end, and then they're going to turn that area into like a common area, basically. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really cool, actually. I really like. No. I like the lights, and I like it's. It seems really cool. It's so cheap. I mean, you keep saying that like it's like it should be cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every time you say that, I'm like, that's great. But, but obvious. Yeah. I wonder who would get you if you got stuck in that elevator. See, these are the kinds of things that only you think about. <laughs> I just got stuck in my elevator at work. Who got you? The, like, 50 security guys downstairs. <laughs> yeah, there's not 50 security guys downstairs. No. In fact, a funny story about the security. So the, the, the guy who runs this place, Al, was like, 
he owns this building and he he's it's like he calls it an incubator we were talking to somebody when we moved in and, and we were like it's such a funny building like that down that entryway is so funny and then she was like well you know that's al's um al calls that his security system Oh, because it just looks like if you come in, you're going to get murdered? Yeah, exactly. It looks like there's nothing. It like, looks like it's just a gigantic abandoned building. If yeah, you walk in the that's smart. That's what I said. <laughs> so uh, so you, you, you were nervous about coming here. Um, we had a couple of meetings. How, what finally pushed you guys, you know, what was the thing that tipped the scales? Uh, I think that the, the, A, the idea of being able to work with you as an editor was really appealing. And B, the idea of having some ownership over the work was very appealing. Uh-huh. Both of those were things that were just not on offer. Like we couldn't, there was no Alex Bloomberg there and there was no path to owning the, at least partially the thing that we're making. What did you guys first think when you saw the place? When you saw your new home? Uh, I think we had different reactions. (laughs) 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 When I first moved to New York, I lived in a house, I lived in a warehouse in Bushwick in an apartment that was $320 a month. Uh The entire second floor was built out of wood. Not even like drywall, it was just wood. Uh There were no windows anywhere and it was too low the ceiling was too low so we constantly hit our heads on everything and you hit your heads on the ceiling yeah 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 on on pipes that hung from the ceiling and i was like oh and, and we should point out like how tall are you uh five eight or five nine right so you, it's not like you're like a basketball player yeah i'm not a basketball player and um and i walked in here and i was like oh this reminds me of elder street a little bit <laughs> <laughs> This is my new job. <laughs> this is what I bet my career on. <laughs> PJ, what did you think? Uh, I was like, I was turning him the whole first day. I was like, isn't this awesome? I was sending like pictures to people and stuff. Um, uh, and I don't know, because it feels like everything I don't like is gone. Like there's no, I don't know. There's not like institutional carpeting. Like it's so, it can just be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole room of furniture. Right. From the street. (laughs) Right. So you guys have been here for... uh, It's like three and a half weeks, maybe? Three and a half weeks. And as we we are now recording 10 days before your show officially launches. Yeah. How are you guys feeling? Terrified. Mm-hmm. Do you really feel terrified? <laughs> uh, I'm about to have a kid. That uh-huh. That's the thing that really makes me think about it. Is like, you know, you and Matt are good salesmen. Uh-huh. You guys were like... The the time is now to jump ship and go on the independent podcasting stream. There's like untapped revenue streams. We're definitely going to make this a success. Like I feel totally confident. And I mean, I've heard all the caveats on your show, uh, but you sound excited. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, that's going to be great. And then I go home and my wife is six months pregnant and I'm like, and I see her and I'm like, and she is totally behind this too. She has uh, no fear about this at all. Right. And I'm like, oh, so Sarah and I are about to have a kid. And we have left 
a gigantic institution that makes, you know, $60 million a year for a place that, you know, scraped a million and a half dollars together over six months. Uh-huh. And um, that's the future I'm banking on. Coming up, the future is now. That interview was recorded 10 days before this podcast that you're listening to right now was released. And coming up after the break, we will debut the first new show to be launched by Gimlet Media, Alex and PJ's inaugural effort under their new name, Reply All, show about how we shape the internet and the internet shapes us. That is coming up after this word from our sponsors. All right, are you ready? I can't tell you the unbelievable joy it gives me right now to play this sneak peek preview of the very first episode of PJ and Alex's new show for Gimlet Media, Reply All. Here it is, about five minutes of the first episode, episode one. So can you tell me where you were? Like, can you just sort of tell me the story of what happened? (laughs) That's a great leading question. From Gimlet Media, this is Reply All, a show about the internet. I'm PJ Vogt. And I'm Alex Goldman. And that guy you heard up top is our friend Sam. Sam lives in San Francisco. He works above a bookstore. And one day at work, he got an email from the owner of the bookstore saying, hey, there's someone down here looking for you. And so I walked in the bookstore and there's this dude there. He's kind of, he's like blonde, short hair, kind of stocky. And, um, and he looks at me and he goes, Sam? And I said, yeah. And he goes, it's me, Ariel. And then he walks up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, I fucking love you and I don't know how to tell you. Sam had never seen this stocky blonde guy before, but he was involved with a woman named Ariel. They dated on and off for a year. And when he'd received this message, Ariel just moved across the country to Washington, D.C. for work. Ariel had gotten this stranger to deliver her message through an app called Somebody. Maybe you heard about this. It was created by Miranda July, the writer, artist, filmmaker, genius. And here's how it works. Somebody's a messaging app, but instead of receiving a message on your phone, you receive your message from a total stranger. So, like, if I want to message Alex and tell him that we need to record today, I'll send him the message, but it won't go directly to him. Somebody who is physically close to him, a stranger, will get the message and be given directions on how to deliver it to Alex. You can also include stage directions, so I can ask the stranger to yell at Alex that we need to record today, or to tell Alex that we need to record today while crying. The idea is to make technology more human, but also way more awkward, by introducing a complete stranger into an intimate interaction. In Sam's case, a stocky blonde guy he'd never met before, who had lots of questions about the message that had just been delivered. My coworker's jaw dropped, the bookstore guy was like, <gasps> there were like other people in the store, they were all like, <gasps> And then that kind of just hangs in the air for a minute. And then he says, oh, so, hey, like, can I ask you what that was about? And I said, no. <laughs> like, I don't know you. And then he goes, all right, well, can we at least take a selfie? Because, like, uh, the app asks you to take a selfie when a message gets delivered. And so I kind of gave this, like, big goofy grin. And, and then I was like, dude, I got to go. <laughs> I just left. <laughs> and then I went back to work. Hello. Hi. Uh, is this Ariel? Yeah, this is Ariel. Is this Alex? Yes, it is. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Unlike her surrogate, the real Ariel is five foot two, brunette, and a woman. 
Why would anyone use this particular app to send a message so important? If you want to find out, you're going to have to subscribe to our podcast, Reply All. You can find our podcast in iTunes, and there's more episodes, including the secret internet that only doctors use. To hear the rest of that episode, and it is both very entertaining and very moving, subscribe to their feed, Reply All. You can do that wherever you normally go and get your podcasts. You can go through the iTunes store. You can also find it on our brand new website. That's right, brand new website on top of all this other stuff, gimletmedia.com. New ones are going to come out weekly every Wednesday. So there'll be another one this Wednesday and then every Wednesday from now on in perpetuity. I'm not at all stressed about that. I could not be more excited that this is our first show. Hope you agree. Coming up, scenes from the next episode of Startup. But first, a word from our sponsors. Coming up on Startup, enough about me. What about you? We are collecting stories from a bunch of you. Many of you who have started your own companies, like this guy, Satchel Ray, an artist and pizza entrepreneur who had some feedback for me. I don't know how frank I can be here. You can be totally frank. You sound like such a bumbling idiot talking to the guy. And I'm sitting here cringing like, oh my gosh, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Satchel, I love you. That is coming up on the next episode of Startup. To subscribe to this podcast or all other Gimlet Media podcasts, go to iTunes or check out our website, gimletmedia.com. That's right, gimletmedia.com. It actually works right now. It was designed in partnership with Athletics. They designed our brand new Gimlet logo. Definitely check out their work at gimletmedia.com. There, you can also find out everything you need to know about the music we used on today's show. Mark Phillips mixed today's episode and wrote and performed our theme song. Build Buildings wrote and performed our special ad music. Editing help today by PJ Vote and Alex Goldman. You know who they are now. Our show was produced by Caitlin Roberts. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup. You can also follow me at Abex Lumberg. I'm Alex Bloomberg. I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Startup. Startup.